And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the White House is investing more than $5 billion throughout rural America. Vilsack says it's a chance to bring more opportunities into the rural economy. This really does constitute an historic opportunity, an historic level of investment in a new economic opportunity for rural America. And the president will be announcing in Minnesota more than $5 billion in announcements. The announcements happened when President Biden was at Dutch Creek Farms in Northfield, Minnesota on Wednesday. He talked about where some of the funds will be invested. The president will announce a $1.7 billion investment in conservation. It's the single largest investment in any one year of conservation in the history of our conservation programs. And the package that the president will announce will also include $145 million of investments in renewable energy for America projects. This is similar to the investments that will also be announced by the president in the higher blend infrastructure program. Vilsack also says $1.1 billion goes into updating rural America's infrastructure. $2 billion will help support increased rural economic development. And $274 million will go toward expanding rural high-speed internet infrastructure. Well, cattle producers have yet to pull the trigger when it comes to herd expansion, according to Kansas State University Extension livestock market economist Dr. Glenn Tonsor, who outlines the picture from last month's cattle on feed report. Heifer inventory was up 1% versus the year before, and heifers composed 40% of the total inventory. So the remaining 60, of course, are steers. But anytime we have that high as a percentage of the inventory, then that's historically, at least, a pretty strong signal that you know ranchers are not keeping their heifers at home. They're still finding their way to the feed yard. And it's another you know, fairly direct signal, at least to me, that nationally we have not pulled the trigger on expansion. Tonsor says there is a lot of discussion about herd rebuilding, and while some ranches are in the process collectively, the National Cattle on Feed-based numbers signal that herd expansion has not begun. There is interest, make no mistake. Mother nature, drought conditions, those kind of things definitely have a hand in this. Borrowing rates, you know, interest rates are a lot higher. There's still several that remember they paid up a lot in 2013, 2014 for replacement heifers, and a couple years later they weren't as happy with that. All of that is in the back of the minds of ranchers right now. I do think in 24 and 25 we're going to be in process of rebuilding the herd. That's, you know, as of today, that's my crystal ball forecast, but I don't think we've done it yet. One study that Tonsor conducts on a regular basis is feedlot profitability. His latest number suggests there is still profit out there in the feedlot sector, but not as much as a few weeks ago through Christmas. We're projecting positive returns for steers that will be leaving Kansas yards. And then it's kind of a mixed bag as we go through You know, the first half of 2024's projections. They are uh, small losses to small gains. The main thing to probably highlight here is compared to a month ago, these, at least on the front end, these first you know, four or six months projections, they're a fair amount lower than they were before. There has been a $7, if not $9 per hundredweight pullback in the projected Fed cattle price in recent weeks. Tonsor statistics are for cash prices and do not include risk management. Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul is showing his support for keeping AM radio on the dials of new vehicles. When asked about the effort mounted by the National Association of Broadcasters, National Association of Farm Broadcasting, and other groups, Senator Paul says he supports what AM radio stations are doing across the country. I've always been a big fan of AM radio. love being on this AM radio, like being on AM radio really across the United States. It's really been a good, I think, uh, point for open and clear debate and allows for sort of a longer discussion 
discussion format than um, than you get sometimes on television. I think most communities like it. I mean, you're able to talk about agricultural news, all kinds of stuff that affects your part of the state because you have a little more time on AM radio. When asked about a mandate to require car makers to continue to offer AM radio as an option on the dashboards of vehicles, Paul said he favors removing electric vehicle purchase incentives. Some of the new electric cars, what they're saying is, is that the battery uh, is so strong that it disrupts the AM signal. So there's an extra cost if you want to have AM radio in uh, electric cars. And uh, what I've said is, if this is a problem for AM radio, maybe we shouldn't be subsidizing these cars. We give people $7,500 per car to buy them. And so really the only reason people are buying electric cars, and it's still a small percentage, it's about 1% to 2% of the public has an electric car. And so uh, it probably wouldn't grow if we got rid of the subsidies and then we wouldn't have the AM radio problem. There are more than 4,470 AM radio stations across the country. Well, after a lengthy drought, some parts of the upper Midwest have turned wet, but only in spots. Dennis Toddy, director of the Midwest Climate Hub, says fall is typically a time when farm country sees more rain. By the time you get around to the fall, crops have stopped growing, plants have stopped using water out of the soil. We don't get as much rainfall, as much total precipitation in the fall as we do during the summer. But on the offside, we don't have plants drawing it out of the soil. So this is a time for soil moisture recharge. And we typically get a couple of those bigger systems that drop widespread precipitation, and we hadn't had those yet. A cold snap this week in the upper Midwest was more of a surprise. The cold outbreak was a little bit of a surprise in that we expected some cold to come, but not for it to be a big shot to a big transition like this. So it's it's a little rougher, a little windier as we speak now, windy and cold. But fortunately, it's going to be fairly short-lived and start to moderate here within a few days. In terms of fall rainfall, it's been a case of the haves versus the have-nots in the Midwest and Corn Belt. Parts of Wisconsin received some pretty good rainfalls over the last few weeks. Minnesota, Iowa, parts of the Dakotas also. East central Iowa received some and parts of Illinois. But when you get down into central to southern Iowa, they've received not as much. Parts of Illinois have missed out. Still parts of Wisconsin could use some rainfall too. So kind of spotty. And he talks about the upcoming forecast as farmers work to finish the 2023 harvest season. By the end of this week, temperatures get back to, well, at least here in Iowa, lows in the 30s and highs in the 50s, which are closer to average for this time of year. You know, as you look in the 6 to 10 day and 8 to 14 day outlook that were released yesterday from the Climate Prediction Center, by the time that week two rolls around, about the western half of the country, it looks like it has a better chance of being above average in the way of temperatures. The Great Lakes area and, and Ohio Valley are near normal, which still is moderation from where we are right now. And then from a precipitation standpoint, does look like there are some decent chances for precipitation coming in next week again over parts of the Midwest. We're still kind of waiting to see how that pans out. Once again, Dennis Toddy with the Midwest Climate Hub. And a monthly Midwest economic report for October is a bit of a mixed bag. The nine-state Mid-America Business Conditions Index is down from last month but still showing growth. It's also showing some pessimism among business leaders. 60% of the manufacturing supply managers expect a downturn in economic activity over the next six months. Only one in 10 sees growth ahead, so that's not, not exactly what we're looking for. That's Creighton University economist Ernie Goss who heads the survey, and he's holding on to the prospect for a downturn in the national economy early in the new year.
I'm expecting a slowdown and a fairly significant slowdown. I'll call it a rolling recession, meaning certain parts of the economy are not doing well right now, particularly banking. And again, that is Ernie Goss with Creighton University, who heads up that monthly survey. The Federal Reserve held interest rates steady at 5.5% last week at 22-year highs as well. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.